Well, good morning and welcome to worship again today and welcome to what is our 37th week looking into Mark's gospel at the words, the ways and the works of Jesus Christ. Um, let's just start with a word of prayer. Let's just ask God to open up this passage of the Bible for us. Our gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks that we have your Bible here for us, that we can look at it openly, honestly, and that you speak to us again through your word into our lives. Lord, may your Holy Spirit guide us and lead us and open your word for us today. Amen. Well, as you've known throughout the series, we've been looking at the words, the works and the ways of Jesus Christ, of actually exploring what it means to come as disciples, to, to be led to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and what that all means. Now, we're one week away from Easter today, so we're not far from Easter um, and within the traditional church calendar, it would be Palm Sunday for us. Um, but we've actually explored that reading and looked at that as it came up in Mark's gospel as we journeyed through it. And we're actually at a, a, a time just before, just before Good Friday. So it's a really good time for us to actually explore this. But as we do our reading, as we listen to the words of the Bible for us again, we need to realise that when we read this, we read it through the lens of the resurrection. We, we read it knowing what is happening in the story. So when we read it with, with that lens, we then place judgments on, upon the characters within the story because we know where they end up. We know what they do. We know how important it is for them. But we need to realise that within the moment that they're living through this, they don't have the ability to look in the future. They don't have the ability to understand where their decisions are going to lead them. They can only work on the moment, like each and every one of us. We can only work on the moment that we have. But that our history, everything that we've experienced, informs that. So as we do this, you see, as we read through this again, and it's really important for us to hear again the, the, the story that we hear from from the Bible and Mark's gospel, I want you to do something for me. I want you to listen for the attitudes of the characters that are in this passage. So listen for the attitude that they have, attitudes that they're bringing into the circumstances that they are going through. I don't want you to bring judgment upon them. I want you to listen for their attitude. Because here's the thing, our attitude guides our responses. It, it, it guides what we do. It guides the way we behave. It guides all those things. So let's just jump into Mark 14 again. Mark 14 verses 1 through to 11. And there are more than three characters within this, but I want you to listen out for the three main characters that we're going to have a look at, at their attitudes. So now, two days before the Passover and the Festival of Unleavened Bread. So it gives you the time frame already and when this is happening. This is happening in what we would call Holy Week. It's happening on Wednesday, two days beforehand. The leading priests and the teachers of the religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and to kill him. 
But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, for the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. And while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she broke open the jar and poured the perfume all over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant, and why waste such an expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wage and, and the money given to the poor, so they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticise her for doing such a good thing to me? You'll always have the poor amongst you and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial and ahead of time. I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, the woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priests to arrange to betray Jesus to them. And they were delighted when they heard why he had come and they promised to give him money. So he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. So did you pick up the attitudes? Did you, did you hear this? And let me give you this. Attitudes are um, evaluations. They're, they're feelings um, towards a person towards an idea, towards an object, and, and they both come as positive and negative. You know, and, and our attitudes and, and beliefs that we have in those are influenced not only by external forces, so the things around us, but, but by internal influences that, and here's the key thing, our attitudes are things that we can control because they are not only external, but they are internal forces that we can control ourselves. So we need to realise that our attitudes are things that we control. So the question that we have is, what, what were the attitudes that people had towards Jesus in this reading today? What were the, what were the attitudes? And let, me, and let me say this. We all come and we all have these kind of attitudes. Myself, yes. So when I was looking at this and reading through this, and I wanted to, I wanted to actually explore what it meant to read this passage and see the attitudes that people had and the behaviours that, that those attitudes brought out in them, I was partly reading myself in this thing and was talking to me about maybe the, some of the attitudes I'm not happy with in myself, some of the attitudes that I think that, you know, I fall down in. And the reality is we all do that. So the first set of attitudes I want you to notice, at least, and it's an attitude of being offended and being threatened. Has anybody ever had that attitude? Have you ever been offended by people? External influence. Have you ever been threatened by people? External influence. Now, the thing is that internally we can learn to control that, can't we? But let me read you a little section from the, the passage we've had. The leading priests and the teachers of religious laws were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. Now, here's the thing. That's their external behaviour they had. They wanted to destroy Jesus. They, they didn't want him around. They, they, they wanted him gone by all and every means possible. And they wanted to do it in a way that wouldn't come back and bite them, hence the reason for not trying to do it through the Passover. But the question is, where did that come from? Where did this behaviour of wanting to get rid of Jesus come from, this destructive behaviour? 
See, they'd encountered Jesus, they'd heard his teachings, but, but they were offended by it. They were offended by what Jesus was saying. They were offended at, at what Jesus was claiming to be. And they were threatened. And see, being offended and being threatened often will lead to destructive behaviour that we have because we feel as though we need to defend ourselves or defend our belief, defend what we're wanting to have. And so when we are offended, it can lead us to destruction or it can lead us to challenge ourselves about what's going on. See, Jesus, when he came and his teaching that he had and the challenges he gave to the religious authorities and the leaders of the time was a challenge to them, but it was a challenge to them about understanding God's commands. It was a challenge to them about understanding God's love and his great love for the whole of the world. So when we are challenged, how do we respond? Do we respond out of offence and, and, and being threatened? Clearly, the religious leaders did that. So how did our behaviour rack up to that? Do we have our... You know, and here's the thing. Often we'll be much more defensive when we have a high level of self-importance in who we think we are and our position that we have. And so when somebody challenges that, they're threatening us and they're threatening our status, so we fight back. We don't look at what's being said, we fight back. And that's what the religious leaders were doing because they were offended and they were threatened. So let me ask you the question. Have you ever been offended? Have you ever been threatened? Have you been threatened by what Jesus has been saying? Because it's our attitude towards Jesus that's going to make such a difference. It's as well, what you've been reading in the, in the Bible and in the Gospels, has it challenged your own behaviours? Have it challenged your own preconceptions? Is it threatening you? Because a challenge like that will change your life if you let it. Our second set of attitudes that I want us to have a look at doesn't come from the religious leaders. It comes from Judas. And it's an attitude of fear and an attitude of making the wrong decision. Has anybody ever had that? I can see a couple of people going, yep, yep, yep. I know, and let me just tell you, you know, a little bit of secret about it. I struggle with the, the part about making wrong decisions. You know, I've made, I've made decisions over my life and there are some decisions that just keep you awake at night. Have you ever had that? That whole almost paralysing thing of, have I done the right thing? Is this the right thing I want to do? Is this causing a problem for, for us as a family? You know, that, that, that way of thinking about things, of, of, of worrying about making the wrong decision. Why does it then come into Judas? Why is it Judas within this attitude? And let me explain. Let me just read this a little bit. Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, know that, he's one of the 12 disciples, 
went to the leading priests to arrange to betray Jesus to them. So I want to make this statement first. So, so often is that Judas gets a bad rap from us. We often look at Judas and go, scapegoat. You know, let's just heap everything upon him as the one that betrayed Jesus, as the one that, you know, obviously he was a bad apple and did the wrong things. And, and when we read this passage and we read how the woman was scolded by those around, so that's including the disciples and, and probably Judas, but not necessarily Judas only, but all those people, scolded for wasting money. We often want to link Judas with being greedy and want to link him with money, but that's not the reality of it. See, Judas was actually a very devout Jew. He came from a, a really big heritage of understanding what it meant for the Messiah to come. And he had all this notion about the Messiah. And see, this is the thing. Judas, Judas gave wholeheartedly into following Jesus. He listened, he followed. He was one of the 12, chosen 12, followed around and, and followed Jesus, listened to his teachings, changed his behaviours, but there was something that kept on gnawing at him. And this attitude of fear and making the wrong decision kept on gnawing at him. And this is it. See, during that time when Jesus was talking about how wonderful it was that this woman placed this perfume upon him, anointing him for his death, he was announcing yet again for the fourth time that he, the Messiah, the chosen one who they are following, is going to die and die very soon. See, this broke Judas's understanding of what it meant to be the Messiah completely. And so he was going, am I making the wrong decision? Have, he's not measuring up to the, the Messiah that I thought, that I had in there. And so fear and, and fear of making the wrong decision creeps onto him. And, and, and see, what happens is that especially when we have placed trust in a person, placed trust in an idea, and we feel betrayed by them because they've gone somewhere else or they've done something else, just as Jesus has, then we feel betrayed. And what happens when we feel betrayed? We often betray the person that we feel betrayed in that space. So Judas, because his idea of the Messiah was not being met because he feared that he was making the wrong decision. He went and betrayed Jesus to the religious authorities, either to push the point, make it happen the way he wanted, or just because he was enough, he was wrong. Have we ever approached situations out of fear of making the wrong decision? Think about that for us, about your life. How do we approach Jesus and what Jesus has done for us? How do we approach him? Do we, do we approach Jesus out of fear? Do we approach Jesus going, well, actually, my life's pretty good at the moment. I'm sw going swimmingly. If I follow Jesus, am I going to make the wrong decision? That's a really big question. That's actually a really big question for us as, as, as individuals especially those who have chosen to follow Jesus. Have we ever come across the point in our lives, have we made the right choice? 
And the answer is yes, because Jesus continues to change and challenge us and draw us closer to the love of God. The third attitude I want to explore for us today is one of devotion and gratitude. So notice we've got at either end of the spectrum, but right in the middle is attitude of devotion and gratitude. And, and what I want to say is we all have the fear, we all have all these attitudes, but we also have devotion and gratitude as well. So meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy, and while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. This is an attitude of devotion. This is somebody coming in and going, I need to do this for, for Jesus. And with all the criticism going on, Jesus then says, leave her alone. Why criticise her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you. And I, and I find this, you know, that's a really interesting statement. We will always have the poor amongst us. And you can always help them whenever you want. So it's coming back to that attitude of what we have within our lives of behaviour. So people are criticising other people. But the reality of the attitude is it's not about what the other person's doing. It's about what you are doing. You can always help them whenever you want to. So this woman gave to Jesus, and they're criticising that gift of devotion. And, 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 and the reality is they should have been doing something themselves. But here's the crux but you will not always have me. That what tipped Judas over the edge because she's anointing me for my burial. You know, whenever I read this, you wonder why a random stranger would come in and do this. And the reality is not a random stranger. This woman is not a stranger. This woman has encountered Jesus. This woman has been, had a life change because of Jesus. And so she comes with great gratitude. Having heard all that Jesus has been saying and being prompted by, and I, I would, it's not written down, but I would say God is prompting her to do this action, to go and anoint Jesus' head. because she knew what was coming. She was thankful and grateful. But see, the reality is Jesus challenged her as well. And she challenged her, and she came with an attitude of devotion. She came an attitude of, of gratitude in all of this. So when we encounter Jesus, in the words of the Bible, in the Holy Spirit speaking to our lives, how do we approach this? See, our attitude makes a difference both personally and also publicly. So it makes a difference into us internally and how we cope with things, but it also makes a difference in how we deal with others around us. So what is our attitude that we bring today towards Jesus? 
Does our attitude towards Jesus allow us to hear what Jesus is saying to us, to, to allow us for Jesus to challenge us yet again? Or does our attitude shut him down and push him out? Do we have an attitude of being offended of being threatened? Do we have an attitude of, of, of fear or of, of making the wrong decision? Or do we have an attitude of devotion and gratitude because of what Jesus has done? See, attitude is everything when it comes to, to Jesus challenging our lives and what it means to live for him wholeheartedly. So let's just pray right now. Oh Lord, we just pray right now. We just ask that you, if, if our hearts, hearts are hard, that you'll change us, you'll soften us. I know when we hear the words of Jesus said again, I know when we hear the words of Jesus said on the cross, I know when the words of Jesus that he taught his disciples speak into us, it challenges us and changes us. Help us not to live on preconceived notions. Help us not to live on what the world says is wonderful, but help us to live on your word, how it changes our lives and draws us close again. Oh Lord, may your word speak into us again today. We pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.